I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. You make millions of dollars, you have all this success, and you're still kind of looking at everything that you could have done better. And that's <laughs> the reason you got into that position, but it also is like preventing us from having happiness. And I know I experience it as well. And I think it's important for the listeners to recognize that sometimes the thing that actually drives us and motivates us is also the thing that prevents us from enjoying it. And so we have to find a way to balance that. Welcome to the Name Your Number show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. If you're ready to name your number and create your passive investment plan that you'll follow step-by-step step to get there, then head over to investormindset.com number to download the free guide to get started. And for those of you who are ready to build this plan together with me and a community of other like-minded investors, just like you, you'll be invited to schedule a call with one of my top advisors, see if it's a fit. So let's get into the show. Today, I'm excited to have Bob Lachance in the studio. How are you doing today, Bob? Steven, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to have you. And for those of you who don't know Bob, he's the CEO of a virtual assistant staffing company, Rev Global. Uh, he was a professional hockey player for eight years, uh, an avid real estate investor and trainer. And we're going to be talking today about how he's achieved financial independence and some of the skills and strategies he's acquired along the way. You ready to get into things, Bob? Let's rock and roll. Well, before we get into all the strategies, let's start off on a personal note by looking back at your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that played a role on your money or investing journey? Yeah, I'd have to say uh, my athletic background talked about um, grew up playing a bunch of different sports, but obviously the primary one um, later on in life was ice hockey. Uh, my dad got us into that when we were four years old and um you know, that if, if, uh, you know, the individuals that I talked to that, um, that have played a sport, you know, business is a lot like sports, right? You have your ups and downs, you got to dust yourself off and get back up. And I think, um, I think sports is the best thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of individuals that we hire for a real estate investment company, you know, have sports and athletic backgrounds because, you know, they're, they already know how to, um, you know, if you look at it, they don't, they know how to get knocked down and get up, dust themselves off and uh, keep going. So I think, that the background of being a, a an athlete has helped helped me tremendously in, in business. Yeah, it's like that that practice of over and over again failing and returning and practicing and training and working all for that moment that you're going to need to actually perform. That also sets you up for a lot of success in business. Yeah, and you know it's kind of funny. And, and athletes, you know, once they hit a goal. You know, they look at that goal and they say, oh, that's it. And they keep going. They set another goal and they set another goal. You know, they don't take uh, a, a ton of time to pat themselves on the back. They just keep going. So that's another kind of attribute I think that sports gives you. Totally. 
So you've reached financial independence. Tell us when was the first time that you realized that you were financially free and that you'd made it? You know, it's funny. I, uh, I do well, but I I always look over my shoulder, you know, feeling like someone's going to, you know, come take over. It's kind of like, you know, when I played pro hockey, I would always look, someone's going to try to take my job. So, I mean, we do very well, obviously, and I'm both on the Reva global side and the virtual assistant side and also on my real estate company. But, you know, for me to look at um, just making it, I'm never going to end. I'm never going to stop. So I kind of have a a tough, it's tough for me to say, you know, whether I made it or not, because there's someone always better than me out there. So, um, but I do pretty good. Obviously, you and I spoke about it a little bit before, but I think um, for me, I like that passion. I got that drive and and nothing's going to stop me from, you know, from, uh, from keeping going. So I guess uh, that's a tough one to answer. <laughs> so with that vision or with that mindset of I'm never going to make it because there's always got to be more, how do you think that supports you in driving forward in business and in investing? You know what? Um, I, I think it's important never to stay complacent or never to get complacent because, um, you know, once you get to that spot, you know, before you know it, someone's going to mow you down. Maybe the market's going to change. You know, you, 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 if you have your, if you're not open, you don't see things coming. It's, and again, I always go back to sports, kind of like when I was playing hockey, you have to know where everybody is on the ice, right? If you have the puck over here, you got to see if someone's going to try to mm-hmm. take your head off over here or you're on the offensive. Yeah. You're going to know where you're, your defenses, defensemen are, your, your forwards are. So I think it's really important, you know, when you're a business owner of having your head on a swiveling, knowing, you know, trying to see in the future of what's going to happen next. Well, knowing that you're kind of in this place where it's never enough, there's always got to be another level that you can go to love that from a progress standpoint and growth. I think it's really important Talk to us then about reaching that point of hitting that first level of financial independence when you knew that your lifestyle expenses were covered and you were already living kind of the life that you had desired to live. What did that feel like? Yeah, I always thought that um, making, for me, it was $20,000 a month, right? Just making 20 grand. And um, once you hit it, you just keep going. But it's a great feeling. I'll be 100% transparent. It's a great feeling. um, And it is something that, I think um, everyone should should strive for, and we talk a little bit about this about passive income, right? If you're looking at a at a portfolio investing in one of your syndication deals, your apartment deals, right? You got to look at all right, how much liquid cash is it going to take me to make that hundred twenty thousand dollars a month, right? Mm-hmm. So I think as a as an entrepreneur, that's a great way to do it to look at exactly what that goal is. Like you said, if it's twenty thousand dollars, and guess mm-hmm. what? Then what you need to do at that point see how much liquid cash you're going to need to be able to get to that number. So for me, it was hitting that $20,000 a month mark. And so you've gotten to a point where you're earning $20,000 a month from your investment portfolio. Yeah. So that, well, for me, it's, I have two investment companies, well, my real estate investment company, and my VA company, um, my VA company, um, we hit that a long time ago. Um, we surpassed. Well, I kind of separate like active businesses versus investments because like an active business, something you've got to put in time, unless you've invested in, you're totally out, you don't do any strategy or anything like that. And then obviously on the real estate side, if you're flipping houses, active business, if you've got a bunch of rental properties, kind of semi-passive, right? You still have to make some decisions if you're investing where somebody else is making all decisions fully passive. So from that place, I imagine, because you run a real estate business, 
most of your investments are likely more semi-passive, right? Where you own them, you make some decisions and kind of act as the operator. That's exactly right. And it's kind of interesting. So when the market was hot, we had, I think over a little over 30 doors and we sold everything because it mm. was, we were making, let's say $500 a door, but we were making 40, 50, $60,000 profits on those properties. So we decided to sell them all. <laughs> so we'll be rebuilding again next year. Um, when prices go a little down further, um, we had to take advantage of the market. And, and I think it's really important. That's a good takeaway is, is, you know, markets are like this ups and downs, and you got to take the, for me, our investment strategy is when you take, take the money today, if you're going to get the, the highest profit, take it away. I've invested in a couple of syndications as well. Um, that's more on mm -hmm. the passive side, but you know, we were actually um, starting to build our portfolio with single family properties. And we decided, you know what, time's right to sell. So we, we sold those, but we flip properties every single day. We're probably averaging about between 15 to 20 deals a month, just turning them, turning them, turning them. So um, I guess that's yeah. passive, but it's more on the, it's more of the, the active business. Yeah. It's an active business, but you've got people in place that are doing that work, but something happens, you've got to come in, you've got to do the strategy. You've got to solve the problem. You got to find the person to do it. Um, great way to make money. And that's why I think it's important to understand kind of the difference between making money, multiplying money and the difference that happens around passive versus active income. So I think that's really, really, really important um, to make that note. So you exited that portfolio. Talk to me about, you know, just doing a quick calc, $40,000 per door and profit, 30 doors, 1.2 million. What did you then do with that cash? Or are you sitting with that in the bank waiting for an opportunity to then deploy it? We actually use that to lend as well. So kind of both sides of it. We use a lot of our capital. We created a, a lending company. So we use that capital when we have to buy, you know, fix or buy and resell. So we use it as a lending company. And I think that's that's one of the opportunities that we have as real estate investors. If you do have X amount of money sitting in, you know, on the sidelines of capital, you could use that to lend as well. And lending is a, a very profitable business. Yeah. And I love, I love the idea of being able to place debt onto real estate because a lot of people don't, maybe they're not experts in real estate. So there's strategies where they can invest into promissory note funds or debt funds or different opportunities where somebody else is going to go and execute that and they get paid a little bit of an overage on that. But for you, talk to me a little bit about what is the benefit of lending that cash out to then have that go and, you know, be invested into like real estate, for example. Yep. Well, for lending, um, we have it, it's kind of liquid too, because if we're, we're putting our money in our own properties. We could, we could use our money how we please. Um, but we give, you know, points and in interest, three points, 10% interest, as many times as you could roll that money. You know, if you roll, a million dollars over 10 times within a year times three points, you know, that stuff starts adding yeah. up. Um, and I think it's a really, really good way to, you know, make more money on top of the money that you have. Yeah. And because you're in that position where you're the one who's going to underwrite the property, you're going to do the inspection, you're going to do all the paperwork, you're essentially taking on that operator role lending. And so you can earn those points. Normally that would go towards the lender, right? For executing the loan and finding it and managing and doing all that stuff. But you're actually able to then, let's say you turn that loan three times in a year, you're able to add another 9% on top of the 10% that you're earning. Yeah. And I think it's important as real estate investors, you know, you see a lot of investors, um, you know, start contracting businesses, start roofing businesses on top of what they do. You know, I always look at, the thing is, as a, as an investor, you got to try to keep everything in your ecosphere, right? Or ecosystem. Yeah. 
right? So if it's uh, if if you're flipping properties, you could have a contracting company, you could have a lending company, right? You could have different arms inside real estate. So I think that's really really important. You can invest in syndications, invest in passive income, whatever you do. Even though you're if your if your main job is to uh, buy, fix, and flip, you're gonna have to put that money somewhere, like you said, whether it's in a, a passive uh, entity with buying notes, whatever that is. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand, like, depending on where you are at as a listener, if you're working in a career you love or you make a lot of money doing it, you've got a specialty, it probably doesn't make sense to leave and go start another business unless that's your passion, unless you're like, I really want to create another job or another hobby where I'm going to spend my time going out and doing all this work and putting these together. Cause it does take time to get it to that point where it's a business that you can step back from. And I found that most of the people who do flip houses, they don't really step back from them. There's a handful of them out there, but most of the time it's a pretty active business. What are the other types of investments that you look at or you like doing? Um, that is more on the passive side or even semi-passive where you're putting a manager in place. Yeah. So right now it's syndications, which, which you don't really have to do much. Obviously if I'm investing in you, I give you the money and I just let it sit and you know, you're making, you're making your money per month. Um, that's one of the, one of the ways to do it. Um, for us, that's what we do. We do that. And on the lending side, um, we talked, I talked today, a business partner about buying a building, right. that'd be another way, but yeah. there is management there. You have to make sure you have your property manager for me. Um, I don't want to take calls. I don't want to, you know, I don't want everyone to call me and, and, you know, deal with any of the leasing, anything like that. So for me right now, I, I mostly have lending. I have my virtual assistant company. I have my wholesaling company. So those are the three yeah. kind of entities that are three businesses that we run. And I think that's something a lot of people don't really recognize. They listen to bigger pockets. They hear Brandon Turner talk about doing a house hack or, you know, burring a property. And they think, hey, I'm getting into passive income. But talk to me about what's not passive about owning a building that you're going to be the one who's got to make the decisions on. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's maintenance all the time, right? If you own a building, even even owning a, a single family house, right? Or if you own a building, let's say ten unit building, you're getting you have ten tenants. If there's a vacancy, you got someone in the go in there and fix the property up. So now you're dealing with a contractor, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have to to lease. Maybe you're dealing with a leasing agent. Then you got to deal with a tenant. Then you got to deal with paperwork. So there's a laundry list of stuff that is just attached to one unit, right? So that's yeah. why. In my opinion, investing in a syndication is, you know, hands off. That's most passion. You know, that's that's where the passive passivity comes in. I don't know if that's a word, but it's where the passive income comes in. Yeah. And there's definitely some some pros and cons. I'm curious from your perspective, you're sophisticated, you understand the space. How have you gone about picking the syndications or the funds that you invest your cash into? Yeah, it's important. You have to vet the operator because not, not every operator, obviously, you know that not every operator is yeah. the same. So please do your due diligence that way, because, you know, I've heard of operators going under and people's money going away. So you got to pick individuals like yourself. Obviously you're out there all the time. You have podcasts, you have a coaching program, you know, mm -hmm. so we as investors have to vet, you know, the, the individuals that are running that syndication and make sure that the operator that's operating it um, are reputable. Yeah, I think with aligned interests and an experienced operator, that's the kind of position you want to be in when you're investing. You want to make sure that they make money after and when you make money and that they've got a lot of experience so that they're choosing opportunities that have the highest likelihood of success and they're protecting that downside. Because, you know, when it comes to investing, 
you know, we've bought a bunch of properties during a bunch of different types of times in the cycle. And when interest rates go up, that does change the equation. And so someone who's not, does not have a good solid understanding, they may continue to put out distributions when the project doesn't support it, or they might've not kept enough reserves in the first place where I just had a conversation the other day where somebody is in a situation where they're looking to raise more cash because the project is in distress. And so that's an opportunity that we see in the market today. We're being very patient about it. We're finding great opportunities from a seller financing and uh, a loan assumption position, but we can actually go in and clean up somebody else's mess. You know, there's going to be a lot of money to be made for investors. There's a lot of messes out there. So if you have the opportunity to do that, like you guys are, are obviously seasoned and doing that, there's some serious opportunities, like you said, especially in seller financing these days. So you've, you've kind of gotten to that point of financial independence. You've got this vision of continuous growth. Um, and there's a lot of good with that. What do you think are some of the bad things about having that mindset uh, of I'm never going to make it. It's never enough. <laughs> Uh, it's, I mean, you're sometimes we're our own worst enemies, right? We, uh, we set goals and reach them. We don't celebrate them. I think one of the things that I got to do better is, you know, take a step back and, you know, whenever you have that small win, celebrate it with yourself, celebrate it with your team. I think that's really important. Um, some of us are, are too hard on ourselves sometimes, but you know, um, I think that's when you take a step back and celebrating those small wins and then, um, you know, patting yourself on the back or patting your team on the back and then keep going. I think that's one of the things that we all have to do. I mean, bro, I'm, I'm with you. It's like you make millions of dollars, you have all this success and you're still kind of looking at everything that you could have done better. And that's <laughs> the reason you got into that position, but it also is like preventing us from having happiness. And I know I experience it as well. And I think it's important for the listeners to recognize that sometimes the thing that actually drives us and motivates us is also the thing that prevents us from enjoying it. And so we have to find a way to balance that. Yeah. And the goal should, I mean, you, you nailed it. The goal should never be money because if it's only money, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be happy because you'll hit, you know, if you set a goal to make a, let's say a hundred thousand dollars on a flip. And as soon as you hit that number, it's like, all right, what's next? It's not, yeah. you know, you got to set those goals. Like I said, celebrate it and then keep going because, you know, millions of dollars is, is, you know, that helps obviously a lot having money, but uh, money doesn't create happiness. Yeah. And I think that's, what's really important. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about this and, it's this idea that when you've got a clear vision of what's important to your life, then money is a tool in order to help you get that, to be able to provide for others, to be able to provide for the community, for yourself, things like that. Talk to me about the vision that you're building towards. What are the things that are important in your life? How do you want to be spending that time as you continue to progress in building these businesses and doing investments? Yeah, I think I think you got to carve out carve out time for yourself. Um, you know, we do with a virtual assistant company give away money to charity in the Philippines every year. We do a you know charity event, which is fantastic to be able to do that. Um, that's yeah. really fulfilling stuff. That's the cool stuff. Um, and I think you know I have three kids and um, they're all in the hockey. So just going away in hockey tournaments for me, it's big. Um, I coached all my kids growing up. My uh, my youngest is the only one I'm coaching right now because he's uh, in high school next year. But I think it's being able to spend time um, and, and not miss any of their games. I think that's huge. And and um, having profitable businesses helps helps you be present and be at those games um, if possible, obviously. Yeah, and that's a cool, important thing. That's part of your vision. I think other people can take away. I, I grew up in Minneapolis, so uh, huge hockey town. We didn't play hockey because it was too expensive. We played a lot of pickup hockey and 
you know, I love that. I know, I know how intense it can be for Mm -hmm. hockey parents where you're traveling to all these events. So having that space and time to be able to do that is really important. And, 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 you know, it could be baseball. It could be basketball. It could be anything, right? I mean, golf, golf's another great way to to spend time with whoever you enjoy spending time with. It's four hours around, right? So anything like that that you could find doesn't have to be sports, but I use sports as an example, just because that was my, my upbringing. Yeah. So when it comes to investing, you're experienced in the space. Maybe you have a, a passive investment plan. Maybe you don't. How do you go about thinking about how much money you're going to invest each year into these different opportunities that are separate from your business. And so you're essentially investing back into that business over and over again. You've got the lending example. How do you think about how much should somebody be pulling out, but how much are you kind of planning every year from a percentage standpoint to then redeploy towards kind of some of those passive income goals? Well, I think it's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning. Um, let's say, uh, you know, my number, my pass, my number is $20,000 a month. Your number is $50,000 a month. Someone else is a hundred thousand dollars a month. What does that take in reference to your, your passive income? How do you get there? So let's say you're making, um, you know, let's say, uh, you flip property, you made $50,000 this month, take 20% and put that into a vehicle to where then you can look to invest. And I always look at, so as an example, whatever your syndications are, 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 are kicking off for income. So I'd look at that and say, all right, if I give you $50,000, how much is that going to kick me off in, in revenue in return, right. And in interest back to me. So that's what I look at. It's almost like starting back. And I look at, you know, what's my overhead in the office, employees, rent, marketing, et cetera. That's a number. And they also look at my home, right? What are the taxes? What's my mortgage? How much is it, you know, how much do I need for food, for kids, for sports? And I put all that together and I say, okay, that's a number I need to make a, a passive, you know, pass, passive income wise to make sure I offset it to, to not have that worry, right? So if it is $20,000 for me, that's what I look for. So when I make a big chunk of money here. I'll put 20% here. I'll look at an investment vehicle like yours to say, all right, how do I get to that $20,000 a month? That's the way I look at it. And that's the way I do it. Um, I know there's a lot of different formulas out there and how people look at it, but that's the way I look at it. Well, I like that because we call that backing into freedom. It's like, once you set your target, you've named your number, you picked your passive income number. You've got a good understanding of your balance sheet, how much you're spending every month. If you got an understanding of how much investable assets you have to work with, then you understand how much are you earning per year? And then you back in, well, how much can I afford or how much do I need to save that will allow me to start being on that path towards getting to that number? Yeah. And I think everyone has a different number. Right. Um, and that's the beauty of, you know, that's the beauty of it because, you know, for me, I don't really spend, it's kind of funny. I don't spend that much money, right. I have nice things, you know, if I've, I invest in different things, but I don't really spend that much money. So I look at my overhead. I'm like, all right, I have assets over there. Of course you have your home stuff. I spend the majority of my money on my kids and, and business and travel. So it's pretty interesting how, you know, other people go out and buy lavish things, which is fantastic, but um, you know, it's, it's different for everybody. If you are starting this, this passive income journey, this investment journey that you've been on, you've been on it for a long time. If you're going to start over again, knowing what you know, and you're starting with some money, you've already earned some money, you continue to earn a good living. What advice would you give to yourself 
about how to do it even more efficiently and effectively than maybe the way that you did it? I would actually start buying immediately. You know, we always say, hey, I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for this. Oh, next year, next month, start buying today. And if you set a goal to buy, think about this. I started back in 2004. If I bought one property a month, which is very simple, right? Think about that. One property a month to keep, you know, I would have, I don't know the numbers or the math, maybe 20 years times, you know, 20 times 12. What's that? It's a lot of, that's a lot of houses, mm-hmm. right? Before you know, you'd have all, majority of them be paid off. Um, you'd have a ton of equity in them because obviously the, the prices have gone up um, and I'd have a lot of passive income. So that's what I would do. If I go back to myself, I'd say, start buying and buy one property every single month, you know, before you know it, it could buy, it's like the compound effect. Great book, you know, book compound oh, effect is, you know, you know, that's passive income, right? Starts compounding each other. Well, it's funny because it's like, this is what happened. So for all the listeners who maybe aren't doing real estate, maybe aren't flipping houses, never wanted to get into it and go down that path. It's like, we've got this, this pool of properties and we're making money off of it. And sometimes it's hard to say, Hey, I'm going to make, you know, a hundred dollars a month or $500 a month on this property, or I sell it to now and I could make you know, 25,000 or 3,000. It's like hard to exchange the 500 a month to give up that 30,000 unless you've got a really clear plan on how you're doing it. And maybe holding on to a bunch of single family homes isn't the strategy. Maybe you start, you kind of graduate strategy or, or start doing syndication. Like you said, there's not one key that fits the lock. There's a lot of different keys that can get you where you want to go. And so by getting clear first on what do you want? Why do you want it? What is that vision going really detailed? And that's why the, the, the vision planner, which you can download at investormindset.com slash number is so powerful because this is a simply lesson one of a, uh, a pretty detailed, uh, 12 week, training program on creating a passive investment plan, but it really starts with understanding what do you really want from your life? Because, you know, you can go and build a business and then all of a sudden you get all this money and you're doing all this stuff and you're like, wait, this isn't what I want. I'm working way too much, or I don't enjoy who I'm working with or what I'm doing. And then you got to change it all up and there's nothing wrong with change, but when you can get intentional from the beginning, it allows you to then build it once. I love the way you put that because one of the, one of the things in advice I would say is don't get caught up on that exact number, right? Like if you're, if, if you look at a hundred dollars passive every day as not, or every, every month, is not that good. Um, before you know it, over time, it adds up, right? You buy one at 100, you buy another one at 300, another one at 400, back to 250, right? All that stuff starts compounding on each other. And that's, again, going back to your question to me, is like, you know, I should have gone back and I would tell my, you know, my old self to start buying immediately. Don't get too caught up in that because over time, these properties, the mortgage gets paid down, right? And the passive income is going to start adding up, adding up over time. So I just want to add to that. I love that. Yeah. And it's such good advice because, you know, everybody wishes they would have started buying real estate earlier, but even knowing that you did or you didn't, it's like, now's the opportunity to say, Hey, okay, well, I've got this money. How do I get it into a great investment that is going to appreciate and grow and pay me cash flow over time? And how do I really do that today? So um, it's a really good takeaway. I've loved diving in with you on this. It's been really great. I would love it if you would share a little bit more about what 
professionally and let people know if they're interested in getting in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Sure, absolutely. So I have a, a virtual assistant company that has trained virtual assistants in, you know, many different avenues, real estate investing, um, property management, wholesalers, rehabbers, anything within the the real estate market. I also have a, a real estate investment company here in Connecticut. So if anyone's uh, looking to, I don't know, work with us, we mostly wholesale on that side of it. So we have two sides of our business, obviously the virtual assistant side, you're interested in that. You want to talk real estate, you can give me a call. Um, I'm always I'm always free to talk real estate. Uh, you can reach me, you know, my email is bob at revaglobal.com. You know, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Instagram. I also have a podcast called Pucks to Properties, which is pretty cool. I love it. That that passion for hockey is coming out there. So this episode, wrapping up on this question, you know, it's been great hearing about how you've reached financial freedom, some of the things that you're doing, the fact you're going to continue to grind out on that strategy because you just love doing it. Uh, what's your advice for listeners who are on this path towards creating that vision that they want from their life uh, financially? What advice do you have for them in order to take more action or get there more quickly? Yeah, I would. I mean, first and foremost, I would set that goal. Like, you see, like we talked about, whatever goal that is, and I would get coaching and mentoring. Um, I think that's extremely important. Um, you know, that's something that I think everybody should do. Uh, it's an investment. I don't look at it as a, as an expense. You know, we, we, we invest a lot of money in coaching ourselves. You know, I've been in this business since 2004 and I don't think, you know, I, I think all of us should get different types of coaches in this business, right? Whether it's, you know, whether it's a uh, mindset coaching, whether it's, you know, passive income, et cetera. Yeah. Well, it's been so great talking to you, Bob. Good to see you again. It's been a while. And, uh, for all the listeners out there, you know, take some inspiration from this, go download the planner, uh, start diving in and creating that vision for yourself. So that you know exactly where you're at, where you're going, and you can start putting a plan to get there. Bob, look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Thanks so much for being on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.